Welcome to Mulready Minutes with Oklahoma Insurance Commissioner Glenn Mulready. This is a podcast about insurance for insurance folks, risk managers, and business leaders. We'll dive deep and look at what is and isn't working, talk to leaders in the industry, and keep you informed on what's happening in Oklahoma and around the country. Hey, this is Glenn Mulready, Oklahoma Insurance Commissioner, and uh, we are uh, doing a little uh, bonus audio podcast today, uh, just given the big, big week that we had last week. And so thought I would come on and uh, just review some of that. Uh, if you'd been paying attention uh, here and what's happening in Oklahoma, uh, we had a big week. So on Tuesday uh, of last week was the uh, 10th Circuit Court of Appeals case known as PCMA versus Mulready, uh, which uh, was was heard, oral arguments were heard. Uh, never was it a goal of mine to have my name on a federal lawsuit, but here we are. And uh, uh, at any rate, uh, the, the the case was uh, handled by Zach West out of the Attorney General's office uh, here in Oklahoma. And the case centers around uh, the ERISA preemption. So let me take you back quickly. Uh, the uh, Patient Pharmacy Choice Act was passed by the Oklahoma Legislature uh, in 2019, and as that was going into effect on November 1st of 2019, this lawsuit was filed. Uh, PCMA, which is the uh, Association of PBMs, uh, so PCMA versus Mulready, uh, there was a stay put in place by our Attorney General on the enforcement of the law uh, pending this court case. Uh, that was lifted uh, the next summer, and we began full enforcement of the law September 1st of 20. Uh, that case then proceeded forward uh, to district court here uh, in Oklahoma. And uh, April of 22, uh, the court filed uh, or, or the ruling was that it was not preempted that, and it stood uh, for ERISA and non-ERISA plans. Now, some of the controversy uh, most recently uh, has, has stemmed around whether that applies to ERISA plans that are uh, headquartered in Oklahoma only or uh, those headquartered outside of Oklahoma. And for a quick, uh, for those of you who may be wondering what the heck is ERISA, uh, federal law passed in 1974 uh, really was about um, uh, financial uh, employee plans, but uh, sort of last minute they lumped in health plans in that too. And basically we're saying that um, state laws do not apply to self-insured uh, ERISA plans. And that those are governed federally and fall under the Department of Labor. And the thinking on that was that uh, a, a large multi-state national employer didn't have to administer their um, their, their benefits uh, differently state by state. That was the original concept. So again, back on April 22nd, the court here ruled that it was not preempted. PCMA appealed that decision, uh, and that's how we ended up at the 10th Circuit uh, last week on Tuesday. And a three-judge panel, they asked a number of questions. Um I, I'll, I'll be honest, I didn't love the way some of the questions were going as far as uh, our, our, our law standing. We'll now have to wait and see when they roll out that decision, assuming that will be sometime um, this summer. There was some a lot of conversation about the 2020 decision by the U.S. Supreme Court, which was the Arkansas case, uh, which was uh, the, uh, commonly known as the Rutledge case. 
And uh, so there was a lot of conversation around that. Uh, there was an interesting article by uh, Law 360 that came out the day after that, um, our, our oral arguments. Uh, I would refer you to that as well to kind of get a feel for how that went if you hadn't uh, had a chance to listen in. So that was on Tuesday. And then on uh, Wednesday, I, uh, I I was invited to go and speak uh, to really testify before Congress, before the House Ways and Means Committee. It was a great honor to be there in D.C and to be invited. Uh, they had a panel of five of us. Uh, most of the lead into that from them was a uh, conversation about PBM and what we've been able to do here in Oklahoma. The federal um, the Congress, federal government is looking at doing some things now uh, potentially to regulate uh, PBMs. The Senate Finance Committee has something going. Uh, and in the House, well, this this ways and means, there was a lot of conversation. Uh, and this was their subgroup, their subcommittee on health. And so uh, on the panel, we had um, a gentleman from Duke uh, Law School. And there was a physician from Harvard Medical School. Uh, there was a pharmacist uh, from Moose Pharmacy in North Carolina. Uh, and then uh, the executive director or CEO of Families USA, uh, and then myself. And so, uh, again, great opportunity. We each are, if you've ever watched that, uh, it's a little bit of an awkward uh, setting. You get five minutes for your opening statement, uh, exactly five minutes. Uh, and then there's, they open it up for questions. And so uh, each um, uh, U.S. representative that's on that committee gets uh, five minutes to ask questions, uh, and uh, a lot of them, they get their five minutes, a lot of statement by the um, congressmen and then uh, and congresswomen, and then uh, then some questions. So uh, not a good opportunity to kind of be conversational, uh, so it was a little bit awkward, um, but I'd, I'd um, encourage you to go back and watch some of that. I think on our social media page here at the Oklahoma Church Department, we've posted some things there. Uh, sort of a highlight, mainly of, of of my opening statement and sort of what was what was said there. Uh, Oklahoma did receive some, I would call it sort of accolades from a couple of them. The great job that we have done uh, with PBMs. Uh, we have a great team here that's been working hard on it and. And really leading leading that space. I think the verbiage I used in that opening statement was we have found ourselves at the tip of the spear on this uh, nationally uh, nationally hot topic. And so uh, we've been helping a lot of different states as they are moving in that direction and uh, regulating PBMs and how to best work that and set that up. Uh, as you might imagine, there's a lot of transactions involved when it comes to prescriptions. So lots of potential violations, and uh, we will uh, we will see what they come forward with. When those folks gave uh, accolades, uh, one thing that I sort of I wished I'd said is that um, because this panel was really about why is healthcare so expensive, why is it anti-competitive. Um, I, I, I wished I'd responded in, in when there were great compliments there that I indeed I think that we have done an uh, excellent job here in Oklahoma of enforcing the law that's in front of us. I think the thing's still to be determined. I don't want to jump the shark there, if you will, and that is that uh, this has driven down costs. That is still to be determined, and I think it's a little bit too early uh, to see if indeed that has uh, has decreased costs. And that's really what a lot of this panel was about. Uh, a lot of conversation about consolidation of the healthcare system and how that drives up costs. Uh, I know at some point I made a point about. Um, 
sort of hospital-based systems and billing um, processes. I believe my colleagues in Colorado and Nevada have passed some legislation uh, to address that. But basically, my recommendation would be that every every provider has a very specific identifier uh, so that we don't have outpatient uh, facility, uh, clinics that are charging a facility fee because they're owned by the hospital. Uh, those really should be for very specific situations in a true hospital uh, setting where there's additional services available and additional expenses, which is why the uh, facility fees were there uh, to begin with. So I think uh, specific identifiers uh, per provider and uh, a mandate requiring on that would be a, a good thing. And then the other thing that we just talked a lot about, I tried to emphasize each time, was with this whole PBM discussion, to me, it's about transparency. The more transparency we can bring to this equation and remove some of the smoke and mirrors, as I've said over many years, uh, which is in the PBM space, the better that would be. So um, set up some guardrails at the federal level. Okay, set up guardrails. Let the free market work. Uh, but also bring that transparency both to the employer and the contract that they're providing uh, with with the PBM, between the PBM and the employer, uh, but then also to the consumer and what this means to them and what they really have for benefits. I think that would go a long way. So uh, in a quick snapshot, uh, that's sort of a summary of our week. I just thought we'd come on, I would come on just to share a few minutes of of the highlights of that. It really was quite a week for us here at the Oklahoma Insurance Department. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, if you go to our website, oid.ok.gov, uh, any thoughts you might have, uh, go to our social media pages. Uh, we would welcome any uh, comments, questions, feedback. So uh, with that, I'll close out this uh, bonus edition. And uh, thanks for listening in. We'll see you next time. If you found this episode informative, please subscribe and share with your colleagues. Visit oid.ok.gov slash podcast. Let us know what topics you would like to hear about on this podcast. Until next time, take care from the Oklahoma Insurance Department.